Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, folks. It's March 4th, 2015, and this is episode 55 of Main Exposed. <clears throat> Just a little disclaimer. The content on this show is for educational purposes only. Take it away, Dottie. Thank you, Leon. Thank you and welcome, everyone. Uh, Thanks for joining us with tonight's discussion on the Maine Supreme Court's hearing on oral argument uh, involving uh, the dispute between Maine Governor Paul LePage and Attorney General Janet Mills. And we're going to also discuss the intent of the filing of a statement or brief, as the main uh, Supreme Court called it. I'm Dottie LaFortune, your host. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Merletti. Good evening, Phil. Good evening, Dottie. You know, before we get started, you know, on the court hearing and, and what went on in the court, uh, let's bring the folks up to But before that, do you have any announcements to make before we begin? Uh, no, not a one. Things are okay. pretty quiet. Okay. Also joining us is Lise DuPont, author of Where Did the Original Constitutional State Go? Lise, are you there? Oh, I'm right here. All righty. Thanks, Lise, for coming back on with us. Good evening, Lise. Hi. Okay. Let me just say before we get started that we talked about this case on February 4th, uh, and it was episode... 51. I'll put a link up in the chat for you guys out there if you want to go back to it. And uh, I'll put a link up to the documents. Just to uh, bring you up to date before we get into the court hearing uh, on the oral argument, uh, a motion for leave to participate in the oral argument was filed, and that's in the documents. I think you've read that. And uh, that motion was denied. But not surprised, uh, rather expected, you know, that Phil wouldn't be allowed to participate in the oral argument. Um, just on that point, Phil Elise, do you want to comment on that motion for leave um, to participate well, in the argument? Do either of you have a comment on, on that denial? Well, yes. Do you think for one second that they are going, the justices are going to allow non-bar members to go there and start uh, uh, talking uh, regarding our briefs, especially what we raised? Of course not. They're not going to risk that. (laughs) I know. But, you know, if it had been an actual case, you wouldn't probably be able to talk about that anyways because you're not a party to the case, which this isn't a case. But, um, you know, I, we, like you said, we weren't surprised at all about this. Phil, any... Lee took the words right out of my mouth. Um, they, they would have been fearful 
if we even started mentioning the Constitution, because the Constitution is not part of their decision, even though the governor brought up the fact that, and he used the Constitution, which I was quite surprised. I, I give him a lot of credit for it, for that. I'm proud of him. Um, he 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 made the, made mention that he's the chief justice or that he's the chief uh, executive of the state. He mentioned the fact that uh, by Constitution, he his job is to enforce and uh, execute all laws. And then he even used Article Six. Uh, Section 3, which states uh, that he has the right to go to the court to uh, to to ask a, a question. Even though he asked two questions, he has the right to go there to ask these questions. But here here's something that I've been thinking about over the past couple of weeks now. We keep on saying that this was a case. This was a case. Um, was it really a case? Uh, would you no, I've opinion? been saying it's not a case. No, it, it, it is not a case. Um, no. But they put a docket number on, I guess, just for for uh, for procedural pro- uh, purposes. But um, they turned it into a case. Absolutely. When you look at a lot of the information that was sent in there, talking, they're talking about amicus briefs and and following procedure and all that. They, that wasn't even needed. All they needed to do was to bring in the information and uh, at the oral argument to add anything or clarify anything. And then to make a decision. How That's hard right. is it to make a decision? The two questions that, that <laughs> LePage asked were were extremely childish to begin with, uh, extremely easy to to answer. And to date, as far as I know, they're still not answered. Do you know if they were answered? No, they're not answered. I guess they can take you know as long as they want. You know, three months if they want. I mean, well, why? It's not a murder case. You know, it's. <laughs> decision of you hurt me, I hurt you. Um, no, this whole thing, you know, was just a fiasco as far as I'm concerned. But they turned it into something that it's not. No. And That's Because it's advisory. What What is supposed to happen with Article 6, Section 3, is that those who are mentioned, and originally the council was mentioned, along with the governor, as well as the legislature, all they had to do is ask a question or two or whatever, and then the justices would just answer it without anybody being present arguing about anything. Well, the question was a constitutional issue. How are they going to answer that? They don't follow the constitutionally. Right, and, and I think this is where they really got themselves into a bind. And the deeper uh, they, they wound up getting into this because – they brought us in, the public. And, right. you know, that, that, ha- that puzzles me because I don't know why they made that move. Well, I don't think that they really thought anybody was going to make a move on that. I mean, just, just think about this for a second. How many people really put a brief in? And how many people really put a brief in that had any substance? Our yeah, brief not only uh, explained anything about the Constitution – it, it even gave a solution. Yeah, but here's right. the other thing. See, by them saying, uh, especially Shoffley, by her saying, oh, we're, this is in the public interest and, and we're going to invite the public to, to uh, you know, bring in a brief or whatever it is that they want to do. See, that made her look nice mm-hmm. as if she has an interest in the public. She most certainly does not. She committed a crime when she went and converted this 
from an advisory situation to a, to a, an adversarial situation. Mm-hmm. So she violated the Constitution in Article 6, Section 3. She is a criminal. Let me just read her order that um, she um, put out denying, you know, the motion for leave to participate, which we expected, you know, it's not a surprise and uh, we're not shocked by it and it's not because of process procedures. They went ahead of us in there anyways. But her um, reason for denying this, um, she, she writes, Lise McLean has filed a motion to permit her, put Phil's name, my name, Jack's name, to participate in the oral argument in this matter. It is usual practice of the court when inviting amicus curiae filings to accept the written submissions of amici, which will be fully reviewed and considered by the justices, but not to expand oral argument, and we maintain that practice here. And accordingly, the motion is denied. But, you know, they um, they maintain that practice. They have a practice, but it doesn't follow their procedures either. Mm-hmm. But that was her order. Now, I want to um, just note that um, we filed a motion. I want to get here. Um, clar- well, a clarification on the order, just to have it on the record. And... Um, Please file this for the record. The motion filed on February 24th by, you know, Phil, Lee's, me, Jack, whatever, was not intended for all parties to participate in the oral argument. Only one person would have participated, Phil Merletti. Providing information, documented evidence, is the intent for the oral argument thus the reason for filing a motion in which to participate. So it sounded like she was thinking, gosh, we're going to be there all day or three days because we got four people that are going to, you know, take up time. That's what the order, to me, sounded like. Mm-hmm. And it was not the intent. They needed information. Phil had, you had the information, um, the evidence, their records, their own records, and... Um, we just file that in there just for the sake of having it on the record because not everybody wanted to wanted to speak at this oral argument. Have you got a comment on that, Lisa, Phil? Well, even even if the four of us did want to speak, it would have still been our right to do so because the four of us uh, put our heads together. We took information. We we patchworked the the, the whole thing from from beginning to end. We we kind of did it really quick, and with the weather coming as it did, uh, we put everything together. So the four of us put this brief together. So the four of us should have had a say to uh, a, a say one way or another, whether whether it was just going to be me or the four of us. And if they thought this was going to turn into to something lengthy, uh, who cares? Their 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 main goal was to get information to be able to answer the two questions that the governor uh, gave to them. So well, it doesn't matter about time. Uh, who says that a court should take one hour or 100 hours? Well, you know, usually when somebody files you know, a friend of the uh, court brief like this, I don't believe that they they speak at oral argument. They're just 
they put something in for one side or the other mm-hmm. them and and in a regular case i don't, I don't think that they've ever gone up to speak that I know of. But see, this isn't a case. And she was looking for information right. on a constitutional question. So, you know, everything, nothing was followed in that court according to the order that they put out having the appearance of something that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, before we put in the, the, the motion for us to be heard, um, I, I spoke with the clerk, and, and I thought it quite odd that um, they wouldn't want to seek any information and as much information as possible. And when the clerk said that we wouldn't be able to speak, I, I said to him, um, it, it doesn't make sense to me that, that no one has discussed the Constitution or any solutions that could be obtained from the uh, Constitution and I would think that anyone sitting there would want as much information as possible Absolutely. Using, using the Constitution. Absolutely. So that's when he said, well, why don't you put in a motion? And that's exactly what we did because we were the only ones that were defending the Constitution and giving information and solutions from the Constitution. Right. And, Lee, you know, the 1855 Amendment... Uh, Proved that he that the governor would have been in that position if this 1855 wasn't there. Correct. That's right. Because the 1855 amendment uh, weakened the executive department in more ways than one. Because we're only we're only talking about tonight, you know, through the AG. But there were other facets of that amendment that really did a number on that department. And if it wasn't for that amendment, LePage wouldn't be in hot water today. Right. All right. He right. wouldn't and be that... in hot water today, and as well as that 1975 amendment where he would have his counsel, whoever his handlers are today, are not public officers. They don't represent us, but the counsel did. There were seven people on the council that represented us, and that's why they were allowed to ask a question of law in Article 6, Section 3, originally. And that 1975 amendment, again, weakened the executive department. I mean, if you, if, if you want to really think about it, the executive department is absolutely worthless today. It, it doesn't have much power. Well, you know, by putting in the 1855 and the 1975 documents, that was evidence that was attached to the motion. Just in the event that this question that there no evidence was entered, those mm-hmm. were the main things that concerned that hearing that was held that day. Is that right? That's right. But you see, how, how much are you willing to bet, or anybody else, uh, whether they're going to, whether the justices are going to address what we put in. Do you think that they want to touch this? This is a hot potato. Very much so. Well, well, well Lise, you know, uh, there was an intended goal here when we filed that motion, and and the the goal was achieved. That's right, and and I knew right from the get go that we had no authority, I mentioned it several times, 
We had no authority to file in a brief and, and a reply brief and a motion and all that stuff. If you go read Article 6, Section 3, it says nothing about the people. But the, when, but when um, you mentioned it to me, what, the first thing that I thought of, because she invited the public, or Shelby That's right. did, and I figured if we could get the public, some of the public, to read this, what we filed in, as well as the media, then our goal was accomplished, even though they were not, I, I knew from the get-go they wouldn't let us do the, uh, participate in oral arguments. We're not That's part right. of them. Uh, we're not bar members. That's I, mean, right. I knew they wouldn't do it. But I know. Uh, the, the overall goal was to educate the public. I think maybe some people went in and read it. Um, I think I so, Lise, because some media people have talked about it. Um, the two political right. and strategists. I some members of the media read it. And whether they understood it or not, I don't know. But they had our ad- address on there. And I think our phone number is that somebody could have called one of us or all of us. To, to explain what this thing is, but That's nobody right. called me. Right, and you know, no legislators contacted you, Phil, or did anybody contact you about this? Absolutely not. You know, I want to get None back to them. I want to get back to Article Six, uh, Section Three. Even though it doesn't say that, um, well, let, let me back up and, and, and kind of touch on on what Lisa's saying here. Article Three is very clear. It says that the the uh, governor uh, may ask an important question of law, and that the Senate and the House of Representatives may do this. But it really doesn't say where the judicial department can go to get information to answer these questions. If a bum on the street had the answer and no one else had it, the court would have had the right to speak to the bum on the street. Oh, okay, but see, they could have gone uh, to old historical books. Uh, read some. I, I love reading some of the old court cases, and a lot of them will cite old, uh, you know, old uh, historical books, you know, and name some some figure that that has come up with some idea and whatever. Others will name past uh, court cases. They, they'll use constitutional law, maybe some statutory law, and and uh, uh, I, I don't know about about asking the people, but see, she invited the public, so so that's why we put our brief in there and reply brief and motion, but but that's where they usually go is to go find out uh, an answer to a question or whatever was posed uh, to to them. Uh, whether it's one question or two questions or whatever it is. Do you know if any any of the reporters that you may have talked to, Phil, uh, did they make any uh, comment about the oral arguments? Did they ask the court, you know, about the oral arguments? Or um... I I spoke to uh, to to a journalist uh, from the Portland Press Herald twice. And um, never did I get a call back uh, after I spoke to him. And and I I made ourselves available uh, to be able to give this information. And he says, you know, you guys have the answers. You guys understand the information. But do you think he would call us up to be able to get this information to write about? 
I don't think that they're they're uh, given that permission to to cover this subject in depth. Probably not, but there was a reporter in co- in court, Scott Dolan, right, Phil? Um, Leon, because you were there. Was it Scott Dolan that you spoke? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, yep. he was. So he was in court. There were, uh, I don't know, was it one or two camera uh, people there uh, from the media, as far as I know, do anyways. Um, so they're listening. They were there. <clears throat> it's it's just to have them report on that. Um, so, like I said, some of us were in court. Um, okay, but let, let's get back to what Phil just said because it's important what he said. You see, wh- why aren't they contacting us for for more information for clarification? Because they're the, controlled of what we put in. Why didn't somebody call up? And they could have done a real nice, uh, they could have even done a series on this, uh, you know, cut it up into maybe two or three or four little stories, because a lot of people don't want to read long stories, and and really educated the public, probably sold some newspapers, and, and educated the public on the significance uh, why LePage is in trouble today based on the 1855 amendment as well as the 1975 amendment. Why did well, they do that? What are they afraid of? Who, that's journalism. That's that they shouldn't do that. That's journalism today. They're controlled. Everybody knows that. Uh, it's, it's high time they know that we know that they know that we know. Um. But see, they could have ran with this. They could have really run with this because what LePage asked, with, in my opinion, was dumb questions. Uh, uh, what Janet uh, uh, Mills put in was absolute crap. She used, uh, and that was good, Dottie, that you sent me that, that 19-4, um, I, don't, I forgot what it was, uh, something to do with Massachusetts. You know, who cares what goes on in Massachusetts? We want to know what's going on here in Maine. Mm-hmm. Somebody and, asked, what, and, and uh, you know, somebody could have ran with what we we put in there because I'm telling you, it was really a hot potato. Nobody wanted to touch it. Well, you know what? I've I've noticed. You now, uh, Phil Harriman and Ethan Strimling, they're political strategists, uh, but they don't understand any of this either. But everybody, you know, how things work. But they were on a Sunday program called Political Brew, and they brought up some of this in their conversation. Um, LePage, you know, the governor is using, you know, things that are repugnant to the Constitution. That's a new word. I didn't hear him say that in his first term. Uh, you know, he's writing words with the word repugnant. You know, they're learning something somewhere. Somebody I introduced that word to him, by the way. Okay, well, now he's using it. Yep, now, now he understands what it means. Yep, yep. Uh, Leon was um, Mario Moretto there at the court. What is all that noise? I hear a lot of trembling. 
Well, I, I mute my microphone out so that you don't hear noise here, and then you go mm. speak to me, and it takes me a second to <laughs> unmute the thing. Oh, okay. okay. Well, and my, I flip my what, microphone what, up out of the way, and I can't get a hold of it in time to answer you. Was Do you know who Mario Moreto is? He's a reporter, I think, with, I think it's Bangor, I think. Yeah, Portland, uh, the Bangor Daily. Yeah, I don't know. i seen his picture online, but I couldn't say whether he was there or not. Okay, me neither. I don't know for sure. Okay, all righty. Well, uh, as I said, some of us were in court. Um, one of them, I can kind of just give you, you know, my own personal opinion if you want that, or give you some some things that went on in the court. Um, well, before we do that, Dottie, let's just yes. get back to one more thing. And, and we okay. said that this this uh, discussion of the court could have been uh, really followed and, and reported uh, with maybe three more uh, different articles. The governor now is looking at changing the Constitution. And uh, some reporters are looking at that saying, well, what, what right does he have to, to want to change the Constitution, um, even though it was changed 176 times? Um, and I think over a thousand times there was different uh, approaches to, to try to change the Constitution. But um, the governor wants to take the treasurer and the secretary of state and put that into the realm of, of uh, being elected by the people rather than uh, by the uh, le legislature. And he wants the attorney general also to be elected by the people. Uh, he, he needs to back off a bit and realize that what he's asking to do is the exact same thing that happened in 1855 when the legislature took the sheriffs away from him and the attorney general. The, uh, the, the governor appointed or nominated and appointed the sheriffs and the attorney general, now they're being uh, elected through the legislature, and now he wants to put the uh, treasurer and the secretary of state and the, there's one more person that I'm forgetting here, and have them elected by the people. What difference is it going to make if the people elect the attorney general or the treasurer or the secretary of state? The same thing is going to happen all over again. He's got to stop meddling with the Constitution and bring it back to the way it was before. And it worked it worked good then. It would continue to work today. It's just a, a good example of what happens when you meddle with something that works. Okay, here's the other thing. I sent around to, I think it was you, Phil, Dottie, um, I think Lynn, and um, um, Jack. I sent around a 2012 CAFR of Maine, okay? And where's the AG located? Where's the Treasurer of the State located? And where's the Secretary of State located? All three are located in the Legislative Department. Originally, all three were in the Executive Department. Mm -hmm. And when did the Treasurer and the secretary go into the legislative department, I have no idea. I haven't found that yet. Mm-hmm. Okay? You know. If something wrong, 
see, what I hear LePage doing and what I hear him saying uh, without him saying it is that this guy is frustrated. He feels powerless. Mm-hmm. He feels hopeless. He doesn't, he doesn't know how to uh, go about his business because what he doesn't understand is that the executive department has been so weakened that you may as well not have one. Mm-hmm. And, see, and he doesn't get it. And he doesn't realize that the people that are around him haven't studied the Constitution either. They're not even constitutional officials as they were supposed to have been before 1976. Okay. The 1855 Amendment happened uh, 160 years ago. 160 years where the executive department has been weakened in in more than one area. The sheriff was taken out of his control. The AG was taken out of his control. The uh, judge or probate was taken out of his control. The registrar or probate. The police uh, and municipal court, judges of municipal courts were taken out of his control. I mean, you, they, what they basically did is hit him over the head. Mm-hmm. And and they and and then they go in in um, uh, 1975. They 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 really smash him over the head. No mm-hmm. wonder the poor guy is frustrated. But if he could only listen to some of us out here who did the research, who do understand what happened and why he's so frustrated, but what access could do we have of him? Right Not now, much. zero. Zero access to him, oh, and 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 it, it, I, I am just appalled. He he claims to uh, be a constitutionalist. He's on the side of the people, but yet he won't have anything to do with us. I mean, we tried to help this guy in, indirectly by being constitutionalist and filing these briefs in and and motion to see if they if we were allowed to do an participate in an argument. But but I knew right from the start it wouldn't happen. One clarification there, we were trying to help the position of the governor, not necessarily the governor. But yeah, it yeah, would, have, we but were it con- would have reflected we're on him. But indirectly, is what I'm saying, indirectly right. we, were, we were really helping him out. Yes. With, and, and he doesn't even realize it. Nope. You know, and, and, and um, it, it's, just a, it's appalling to me that this guy doesn't get it. No wonder he's frustrated. This guy wants to tear his hair out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More than you, Lise. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling it just the way it is. All you have to I do know. is watch him and listen to him. I mean, this guy is really uh, frustrated, and and uh, he, he probably would like to go over there and scream at them. Except he's got a little restraint, perhaps. You, you can bet your life in 1855... If I was governor, you can bet your life that I'd be marching right over there to the legislative department, and I'd be saying to all of them and pointing my finger at them and say, hey, you stay out of my department. You have no right to do this. Lawfully, you cannot do this. Don't even try it. But nobody says anything. Anson P. Morrow was the governor in 1855. Uh, and 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 what does he do? Nothing. We had seven members of the council. They didn't do anything. And I'm going to tell you another thing that the 1855 amendment did. It really damaged the judicial department. Look what happened. I do a whole chapter on him. 
when I accidentally discovered his story, I knew I had I had to uh, uh, disclose this to the public. I mean, uh, Anson uh, um, Woodbury Davis was the treasurer of the state in 1855. Okay, and 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 there was um, there was a seat open on the Supreme Judicial Court. Governor Anson P. Morrow nominated and and appointed Woodbury Davis with the advice and consent of the council to the Supreme Judicial Court, okay? And, and he went through. He became um, a Supreme Court justice. In, in, with this 1855 amendment relating to the sheriffs, he made a decision to side with a Republican sheriff. And this is when, um, what's his name? Um, oh God, I can't think. The governor after uh, after Anson P. Morrill. I'll, I'll think about it in, in a second here. But he and the Senate unlawfully were in cahoots together, where the Senate uh, uh, brought charges against Woodbury Davis uh, unlawfully because it has to start in the House of Representatives, mm-hmm. and Woodbury Davis protested loudly that they had no authority to impeach him. He was impeached. He was later recommissioned, and you're going to see, there's an exhibit about this in in my book, and he was recommissioned when uh, Hannibal Hamlin became governor. Uh, And I forgot the name of the governor. It's in my book, and I can't think of his name at the moment. But he flew the coop to Massachusetts, after he was no longer governor. Hmm. No wonder. They, he probably thought he'd be uh, arrested and, and, and uh, uh, brought to trial and probably land in jail for what he did. But a he lot of people have. don't understand that. Even though I, I wrote it simply in one of those uh, chapters in my book about what happened to Woodbury Davis through, because of that 1855 amendment. You know, with all the research that we now have regarding, you know, the question of law and, you know, and all the other um, documents that you have, you know, the many unconstitutional laws that we have on the books now, the ones that are still being created, why won't legislators, even one, bring forth to the to the court a, a question of law? Because there's constitutional stuff going on and and has been going on and you know not one legislator has brought up a question of law well you know i think the answer to that i'll answer myself because you know they don't want to upset the apple cart and they're concerned about their political career and this can be supported verified uh through representative rick long who was a guest on uh, the Aroostook Watchman radio program on Wednesday, February 25th. Mm-hmm. And he brought up uh, an issue, uh, because I guess some of the legislators were questioning him, why would you go on programs like that and, you know, basically, I guess, associate with what, these kind of people? or It, it kind of led to that impression. And they said to him, why don't you think about your political career instead, or something to that effect? So you see, they don't care about the people out here. But but Representative Long did come back, said something to the effect, um, why don't you think about representing your constituents and think about elections at election time, you know, or your votes mm-hmm. at 
time. He had a good a good comeback. And Rick Long, in my opinion, is a true representative of the people. No doubt about it. So, you know, it, it's all about money and political futures with these people up there. And it, it, LePage is frustrated. The people are frustrated out here, too. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, getting back to, you know, LePage and the Constitution, did you see the article that, you know, um, some report, um, oh, there was a um, Harry Harry White. He was a special um, reporter for the, for the Telegram. I guess he doesn't do this all the time. And uh, he is aware of the briefs. And, and what was going on there. Is that correct, Phil? Well, I spoke to Harry White. Um, a really intelligent person and, and, and very concerned about what's going on here in Maine and very concerned about uh, what's happening with, with the governor, uh, apparently a very strong supporter of the governor. And um, he, he was quite angry that the attorney general uh, is treating the governor in the manner that she, she has and is. And he's he's quite surprised that the the court hasn't been able to answer this question the very first day uh, the, that these questions were put in. But uh, he he's been following what's been going on, and what he thinks should happen is that the attorney general should be uh, removed. Now, when you go right back to the Constitution again, you just can't remove uh, the, these people unless they want to resign on their own. If you give them enough pressure, or if you could really prove to them that, that they should man up, and I hate to use that word, but um, in, in, in her case, uh, she should woman up and, uh, and quit. But uh, you, go ahead. Did you see the article "Why the Page Faces Daunting History in Amending Maine's Constitution"? Right, uh, and that's what I was saying a few minutes ago. Is that you know he wants to change a lot of these positions and put them out to the public to to elect. But what is that going to do to change the the problems that, that exist now? They're going to continue existing. That's okay, right. but here's the other problem. Uh, all three, the AG, the Treasurer, and the Secretary of State, all are in the legislature. Do you think for one second that the legislature is going to give up their power over them? Oh, of course not. Uh, they, it, we we would not. never be able to get... Uh, if if the people tried to do it either even by referendum that wouldn't work. That that's right. Okay. The other thing uh, when I talked about uh, Woodbury Davis, it was Governor Samuel Wells uh, that that was in cahoots with the Senate uh, to impeach Woodbury Davis, and you're going to see all that in Chapter Ten of my book, uh, and and there's also an exhibit of his case his impeachment case uh, as an exhibit. Uh, the only reason I put the front page is, is I was limited with exhibits, but it also shows on that page that he was a commissioned officer. Hmm. Okay? Let you know, so, so read Chapter 10. It, te- it tells you about all that stuff. You know, let me just go back to when you were asking, is anybody reading anything and a reporter's reading and whatever? Um, in my opinion, I think so. From what I'm reading, we see it. A lot of articles, uh, and they're mentioning, you know, the Constitution and uh, repugnant. They're using words. And um, something came out in a press release uh, this week, maybe a couple of days ago, 
and it came out of the Secretary of State's office, and he put out, or his office put out, um, the act of admission, um, which um, designated Maine as a separate and independent state. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why he put that out there, but uh, I wanted people's uh, opinions on, on what they thought of this, because is isn't uh, Maine a, a territory now, or uh, we're supposed to be a separate and independent state? Are we? Are we a an independent state? Well, it but, says so in that statutory constitution. Okay. Uh, well, well, they have an act. Page talk. Uh, I think he's got a federal case right now uh, regarding uh, some welfare folks uh, trying to get them off welfare and so on and so forth. He's uh, he failed. Uh, in in uh, I think it's at the First Circuit, I'm not sure, uh, but he, he's now up to the Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court, which is not the same as the Supreme Court of uh, the United States. Um, the first one is an administrative court, the second one is a constitutional court, but he's up there. Uh, why is he going to a federal court if we are indeed a free and independent state? You don't need to okay. go to them. Well, this okay, is, now this... look at Title One. I mentioned all that in my book in the introduction. I, I talk about how the definition of state, we are now a territory of the United States. Well, th- that is an inferior status. How did we become that, and when did it happen? Well, the point that I was getting to, Lise, is is anybody reading this stuff? Is anybody you know, paying attention. Well, for the Secretary of State to put out a press release on the Act for the Admission for the State of Maine into the Union, March 30, why would Matt Dunlap all of a sudden today do this, or yesterday? I don't you know. know. No, why would he question. do this? That's what? Well, if we're in, is he trying to say, yes, we are a separate and independent state, but we're going to treat you uh, under the corporation? Mm. Okay. And why is uh, the government coming into, uh, I think I heard it on the news this night, this, this, this evening, uh, I think it's 30, 36 or 37 states, the, govern, the governor of uh, government is uh, uh, coming into the states and, um, and and creating these exchanges regarding Obamacare. If we were free and independent, how come that's happening? Mm-hmm. A lot of people d- simply do not get it. They don't understand these things. They really don't. You know, you just mentioned something about the, the uh, current constitution we have. Uh, it mentions the fact that we're a free and independent state in the uh, preamble. Right. But um, when when you look at Article 10, Section 5, you see that it, it's not even recorded in the current Constitution. You actually have to go back in the other Constitutions. And, and uh, Section 5, again, very clearly says that we are a separate and independent state. There Nothing has been done to change that. There's been no resolves, no amendments. We are still a separate state, a separate okay, and independent state. Okay, but here's state. another thing that a lot of people don't understand. The 17th Amendment was passed 
unlawfully in 1913. 1913 was quite a year, I'll tell you. But uh, the uh, this is where we, where the people were now giving the authority unlawfully to go and vote for senators. See, the 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 it, it used to be where the legislature would vote for our uh, senators. Okay, it was the senators that represented the state, and it was the House of Representatives that represented the people. Okay, but since the 17th Amendment, uh, is the state represented anymore? Of course not. No. Gone. Out the window. But that doesn't take away the power of the state, and it doesn't take away the power of the state's constitution. Right, but what I'm saying is that now the legislature has lost its power because one of the powers that the legislature had is that they could haul back, bring back a a, a senator uh, if he misbehaved himself Mm -hmm. or said something he shouldn't have said somewhere. Okay, they had that power to bring him back. Uh, There was one guy from uh, uh, Hollowell, Maine, he gave a speech, and he was on the side of the Native Americans, and the legislature brought him back and ringed him out. Mm. And I, I forgot what year that was. Um, uh, Peleg, his name is Peleg Sprague from Hollowell, Maine. He sided with the Indians, and, and the legislature brought him back and ringed him out. Uh, and, and that was one of the powers of the legislature. Uh, they could bring you back, but the legislature has no such power today. None. And the states are no longer represented in the Congress at all. Gone. This is what people need to understand. Over time, we have lost the people and and the state. The state, you remember, uh, the people are closer to the state and then to their towns and counties. It's more localized and, uh, and local power and all that sort of thing. But see, over time, we have lost so much power that now the state uh, has taken over just about every facet of our lives, and then the state is now under the control of the federal government, who also controls just about every facet of our lives. Well, our governor, if he if he really wanted to, he could stop all this. And if he wanted to, he could put Maine uh, right in the, on the front page of all the newspapers uh, from 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 Maine to California to Washington to to Florida, if he wanted to bring back the Maine Constitution. But see, his, but he's got his to want to do is, that. He's got to break away from the, the only power that he has is to go and give speeches and go to the media and and his radio shows and whatever and go to the people themselves and educate them. He could do this. You're right. But but how can he do that when he doesn't know it himself? Well, he keeps listening to those lawyers. Uh, I know. He considers them his counsel, and they're not. And they're not, and they don't represent us. No. None of them do. It's the counsel who are constitutional officers who represent us and we don't have that anymore that's gone too well just about everything's gone 
I'm telling you, our whole system has been turned upside down. Well, let me, because we're coming up here on almost 10 minutes of, let me just give you a little bit of what I saw in the court. Yes, please. Uh, There were five justices present uh, on the bench. Governor LePage was not there. He was represented by Holly Lusk. Uh, She is his senior health policy advisor. So, you know, she's not his counsel, per se, that's, you know, I guess in the the office, because she's the policy advisor. Um, Attorney uh, General Mills was present. She was represented by Attorney Phyllis Gardner, out of the Attorney General's office, too. But this whole hearing was all about money. And my personal opinion, I was not very impressed with this hearing. Um, This was not a a typical case. It it was just a question of law issue. It uh, should have just been Governor LePage's issue on his question of law. Mm -hmm. Uh, They spent some time on Title V, Section 191. Uh, That's the statutory... um, you know, duties of, of the AG. And, uh, yeah, but it's also, it's also a department of the attorney general. Where in the constitution does it say anything about a department of the attorney general? It doesn't exist. That's only statutory. Well, I'm just telling you that they spent time on title five, section 191. And, and what was the intent of the legislators, you know, with this title five, 191, Right, and I'm and I'm saying that what they argued in in uh, Title Five, which is just administrative, by the way, and uh, Section One Ninety One, uh, that it's only statutory. I mean, it's absolutely uh, repugnant to the Constitution. Well, you know, this is why I'm saying this whole this whole hearing, you know, was really off the wall, nothing impressive, but Attorney Gardner attorney for uh, Janet Mills, told the justices, uh, we don't know why we're here because the statute has worked so far. (laughs) And um, the governor's attorney, Lusk, disagreed, but she brought the argument back to the matter of money. So you see, this whole thing was just about money. Mm. And one one of the comments that Chief Softly made, you know, really stuck with me, and I took my notes, and uh, she said, to both parties, money talks, money controls litigation. And I was surprised that she said that publicly, but because this supports all of the voices out here who are screaming for justice and not getting it. Softly admitted, it's all about money, and that was very revealing. That was the the best part of the whole hearing for me. Uh, because she did reveal that, because nothing else had anything to do with the Constitution. Well, it had nothing to do with either of the two questions, either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that, that's what I'm saying. You know, nothing nothing impressive about it. Uh, and then, let's see, the, the court adjourned after uh-huh. approximately 32 minutes. And uh, they didn't indicate whether they will take up the case or decline. Uh, then again, this is not a typical case. That's when you go before them to say, you know, here's my argument to hear my case. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
in this case, he just needed an answer. Is this constitutional or not? Mm-hmm. And, and and that was it. So, you know, personally, you know, I'm glad that I saw what went on. I was there to witness it with my eyes instead of somebody telling me this or that. I can see it for myself. But what I would like to mention, um, after the hearing, I did get to speak with Governor LePage's counsel, you know, this attorney Lusk, uh, for a few minutes, and uh, about an issue that hopefully the governor would, you know, listen to the people, this type of thing, and invite people in. And uh, she, she's a very educated young person, very professional. Then I, um, I want to bring this up because I, I think this is important to see the demeanor of our attorney general. And she was inside the bar. The bar people is that you know the the gate that goes around, mm-hmm. right. uh, you know, in, in in front of the judge's bench that you can't go into the well of the court. You know, you you're on the outside. So she was inside, and um, I was waiting because I was hoping to be able to just introduce myself to her because I had contacted her. I had contacted her office about criminal activity and stuff, and I wanted her to know who I was, which, by the way, uh, Attorney Lusk knew who I was uh, when I introduced myself, because she mentioned, oh, you're on the brief. Mm -hmm. I am, so, you know, she paid attention to that. So Mills had to know I was on the brief, too, but I wanted to introduce myself to her, since I never had the chance. So I waited for her to come out from behind the bar, and as you can picture this, you've got the bar. And, oh, not too many seat, I don't know, three feet or four, three to four seat. And then you got benches or chairs where the uh, people in the court watch the cases on the side there. So she had to go by me, and we were close enough. When she came out of the bar, I, I addressed her, you know, attorney, attorney Mills, could I speak with you for a minute? She ignored me. She passed right by me as she was passing. I asked her again. Uh, could I speak with you? And she ignored me. She went to the end of the benches there, the chairs, and someone was some woman was there to help her with her coat on, but she couldn't get out of there fast enough. So it was only like a few feet away, and I just walked a few feet, and uh, I said, Attorney Mills, I just wanted to introduce myself, and uh, I told her who I was, and I wanted to know if I could have a minute with her because I had contacted the office, and She's ignoring me all this time, and then she yells out, I don't have time for this. I've got to get back to Augusta. And she's trying to get into her coat, all the while ignoring me. And um, I just wanted a minute or two with her. And she was in such a rush that when she turned to leave, there was a person, a handicapped person standing there. She bumped this person, Mm. and luckily this person was able to hold herself up with her cane. And uh, she's lucky she didn't fall over. Wow. And Attorney Mills just, no, no, I'm sorry, no, excuse me. She just hurried up, couldn't get out of that court fast enough, and was yelling, uh, thanks for coming, thanks for coming. And, and she walked out the door, and that was it. I've never met anyone who was more rude than her. And for her to be in that high of a position, to have that kind of a demeanor, she could have taken one minute, even two minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and she couldn't even do that. No, she she nearly knocked somebody over in her rush to get out of there. 
And, she, and she's lucky this person didn't fall because she would have had more of a problem than Paul LePage. So that was, you know, the day uh, in court. Uh, nothing exciting uh, to talk about, but I hope that LePage will read the brief. I hope that Attorney Lusk will mention to him that I did talk to her. Um, and let's see, you know, where it goes. I hope that the governor changes his mind, talks to the people who know what they're talking about. Um, and Phil and Lee's, let's see, you know, where that goes from there. We'll see what they say for a decision. But I want to know what Governor LePage is going to do regarding the will, the will of the people. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll bet you any money they're not even going to address what we wrote. I, I'm going to say I doubt it, too. Yes. I, I'm going I to say I doubt I it. Don't, I don't, uh, because, because, I mean, they, they would have to declare the 1855 and the 1955 amendments null and void on its face. Mm-hmm. And do you think they want to do that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Never Somebody do put- they want to do that. Somebody put down true. Oh, let's see, true justice. Uh, you thank you for putting the link up to the uh, hearing. I was going to do that. That saved me from doing that. And uh, I thought it went directly to the issues that have occurred due to the structures being flawed. Yeah, it went directly to the issues. It was about the money and whether he needs to ask, you know, for more money. And you know, the judges did do a good job on the bench, but it. Whole, it was all off constitutional topic, mm-hmm. right? You know, they're very they were very polite on the bench, and um, talked like they really you know knew what they were talking about and impressed the people who don't really know how the courts work. Anybody that was in there that you know maybe first time watching, um, yeah, geez, that's how the court works. It's you know the decorum was was great and professional uh but the whole issue is the issue <laughs> well the whole issue is that she should not have converted it into an adversarial adversarial situation mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. violated pe- the constitution when she did that so therefore she is a criminal well she did well at what she was doing yes, you know, uh, she- oh you mean she was a good criminal <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. I mean, she, you know, she she came across, you know, very nice to the public and uh, kind and uh, concerned oh, nice. and all that. We're huh? all supposed to be overjoyed and smile, and we're going to be happy. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's basically, to, in in my view, what went on with the court. Uh, Leon, have you were there? Uh, have you got anything that you want to add to this? Oh, I don't know. I found it interesting to speak to Scott Dolan there. And what did you like talk a about? Good guy. And what, did you talk about the uh, issue that was going on, or other things? Oh, probably a little bit of everything. Okay. Him. Did he did he seem pretty positive with? With the briefs, I mean, he saw the briefs. He's talked to Phil. Yeah, he, he said he'd spoken to Phil, and and he did have a copy of the brief. Uh, he didn't say an awful lot about it, but did did you question him uh, about the brief? 
No, we didn't get into it too much. I, uh, you know, I didn't know how much time he was going to spend standing there talking because he said he had to get back to start writing writing up his article. So, well, you know, at that time too, I did talk with Scott, and uh, I gave him a copy of the definition of nunk protunk out of Black's Law First Edition and explained how what is now could be brought back to as in the beginning as it, as if it was, you know, then as now. And uh, he took a copy of that. And the 1855, couldn't that be, you know, uh, couldn't they use a, a nunk pro-tunk with that? You know, go back to the beginning, then as now. Yeah, but uh, see, what's interesting is that he had all this, what did he do with it? I haven't nothing. seen any any articles still of you yet. Nope. Nothing. Okay, so see, that's the significance of mm. all this. He had the information. People checked in with him to see if he had it and blah, blah, blah. But yet he did nothing. What does it say about this guy? Mm. He's a typical reporter. He's a typical non-reporter. Mm. He didn't report on any of that. He could well, he could have had what I call a series of three or four little stories, of maybe you know two, three, four hundred uh, words, uh, and really educated the public. Probably sold some newspapers with all this. Uh, but did they go there? And I believe that he probably couldn't because the editor or somebody at the newspaper wouldn't allow him to do it. It I was, was just going to say that these journalists are totally hot... controlled. That's right. That's right. Right. It, it was too much of a hot potato, and they chose not to go there. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm curious to see how this whole thing is going to turn out, and I think it's going to be very bland. It's going to be pablum. Uh, this this issue is not going to be taken care of uh, in, in the manner that that uh they're they're going to come up with and it's going to be very very pablum now the governor wants to put the attorney general up to be elected by the uh people what's going to change so the people uh vote in a adversarial attorney general who's going to argue with the governor the same thing's going to happen the uh the governor is going to come before the supreme court with with uh, their questions and the same thing is going to go on over and over again. There's only one way to handle it. Attempt that in the first place. Oh yes. He has but, no authority to do any such thing. Well, he could suggest that he will get his people to write write up the resolve, and uh, they could put it up uh, to be uh, now, voted on by the people. the department does not write up a resolve. That is the job of the legislature. Yeah, but they he could write articles. it up and have a legislator do it for him. Well, go read Article 10, Section 4 of the original Constitution. Resolutions start in the legislature, not from the executive department. Who does he think he is to do this? He can't do this. Well, you're right, he can't, but um, I'm I'm saying that's exactly what's going to happen. I know, and see, and it shows what this 1855 amendment plus the 1975 amendment did is that it has created, here we are 160 years later, it's created so much frustration in this governor. 
Lee, because somebody's the Democrats asking who is yelling. Because this state for about 40-something <laughs> years. Look at the mess we're in. Not that the Republicans are any better. Believe me, they're not any better sometimes either. Uh, Lisa, but we're, Lisa. You know, and this guy is so frustrated. He wasn't frustrated the first two years of his administration mm. because he had a Republican uh, legislature. But now, now things have changed. Now he's frustrated and wants to tear his hair out. You know, somebody put a comment up on the uh, chat room uh, on the board, and, and, and this person is absolutely right. If they don't address the constitutional situation, then the exposure of that is important. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. where we'll go with it. We'll yeah. go with it. Yeah, well, it's going to make more of a mess. If if he, uh, I don't think the legislature will give up their power, but but uh, uh, it will make more of a mess because uh, if the people vote on the attorney general, if we have a Republican governor, uh, if they put in a Democratic uh, attorney general, it's going to be the same problem. There'll be no change. There'll be no, no change. change. No change. Be... So then, there needs change in the legislature too. Yeah. Well, they're, they're crooks, too. Uh, what I've seen with all the research that I've done over time is, uh, is the legislature has become the very, very powerful uh, department as compared to the other two. Well, it, it does sound, according to Representative Rick Long, Ricky Long, that... Yeah. Our- how long is he going to... How long is he going to take this? I mean, before... He decides that things aren't going to be working out for him. Well, he's I an think there man. is. He will, he will, he will continue, no matter if he's the last man on the parapet. He's an honest man. Uh, he appears to be, um, and I think that he's a true rep. And I do believe that he's got, you know, others that are on the same page with him up there. It's better than we had, you know, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, at least this person came out on the Aroostook Watchman radio program and told things the way they were. I'm surprised at what he said. I put the link up there for you people to go and listen to that broadcast. It's only about an hour long. And listen to to Rick Long, and I say support this man, and he is one to, you know, maybe get a hold of Phil. Have you talked with him? Oh, yes. He's a good boy. We... We were both on that morning. Uh, I had come on quite late, and probably I heard. Yeah, you know, I probably took up the last twenty minutes of it. I heard, and your questions were very good, and and it was um, <laughs> uh, I could hear your frustration too. Mm-hmm. But uh, Rick did give some good answers. You know, he he, he seems like he's on the people's page. Well, we'll see where this goes, folks, and um. We'll we'll keep you on what we find out. Um, uh, how long we'll is it going to take for them to make their decision, the justices? I don't know. I heard on the news uh, because they they didn't say you know on on the bench, uh, just on the news that it could be you know in a few days or it could be three months. Mm. Uh, so uh, they work. You know, it, it's ridiculous to have that that amount of time for you know a yes or a no answer. I mean, it's just yes or no. And, you know, the sad thing here is, and the governor mentioned it more than once, he's got two cases that are pending right now, and they need to be acted on immediately. As a matter of fact, they were supposed to be acted on last 
last month. But because this issue came up, um, these, these court cases are not being heard. And he's asking the court to kind of put a rush on this so that he can get some lawyers and get the money for those lawyers. And, and if they drag this out, they're just dragging these court cases out. Well, so, Attorney Lusk did say that the governor was going to go forward. Yeah, so and he should. He probably won't even wait for a decision. He's going to just move and do what he has to do and uh, then well, figure out the mess he? afterwards. Why shouldn't huh? he? And if anybody complains about it, um, you know, the we, we gave him the solution. If the attorney general complains, he can impeach her. She's not doing her job. Well, she's very rude that. on top of that. But I think it runs in the family because Peter Mills, her, her brother, former senator, has the same disposition. Mm. He will walk away from you with his insults. Mm. Anyways, I'll leave it at that. So, folks, we'll keep you posted. And I hope that you keep an eye on this. If you've got any information on what that you might hear that's coming up or um, or has happened or, you know, we could use a little bit of help out there, too. Um, or come on, you know, the call with with a question or a comment or or something to try to help out um, this whole situation here, so that uh, we all, you know, will win here in the end, hopefully. So, with that, uh, Leon wrote something. Janet doesn't like to be confronted. She ran away from Tim and I. Oh well, she does. You know, and that's the legislators do it. I mean, even the governor's doing it now, too. So I hope he changes his mind, though, Leon, hopefully. So, okay, Phil, any wrap up? Well, all I can say is the chickens have come home to roost. <laughs> until Gackle. until we and, and, the, and the rest of the people in this state and the good legislators realize you can't put the fox in the chicken coop. That's right. And, and this is basically what they've done. Uh, had they not meddled, uh, and I'm not saying th- th- this current legislative session, but had the legislators not put their two cents into uh, changing the Constitution, more than two cents, but had, had they not changed the Constitution, we would not be in this pickle today. We would have a Supreme Court. We would have a county court. We would have a proper attorney general. We would have proper proper county uh, uh, attorneys. We would have proper sheriffs uh, elected uh, or nominated by the governor, and the attorney general would have been appointed and not nominated and appointed by the governor. And when the governor makes a request for the attorney general to properly do the duties according to her oath, um, we would not be in this situation today. Yeah, but the legislature didn't do this alone. They had uh, uh, Anson P. Uh, Governor Anson P. Morrow participated in this. He allowed it to happen mm-hmm. by the use of silence. Uh, and 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 so what happened? They they were in cahoots together. They cooperated with another. They should have been rivals with one another, but that's not what happened. And so now we've got this mess. A hundred and sixty years later, and the and silence will continue continues on for another hundred years. Mm-hmm. And the silence continues, yes. so that's why we've got to uh, unsilence these people. See, when they're public officers, they have a duty to the people, and, and Governor Anson P. Morrow, with his counsel, 
they should have been screaming and yelling and going over to the legislative department and, and pointing their fingers at them and saying, you stay out of my department. And if that didn't work, they could have asked a question of law uh, under Article 6, mm-hmm. Section 3, because the council and the governor had that right. But did they do that? No. They just allowed their department to be so weakened. Now, what was behind all that? That's why would a million-dollar question. Department to be weakened. Yep. Now, In more is, ways than one. And then it went and uh, affected. Hmm. It had right. a ripple effect where it affected uh, one of the justices on the Supreme Judicial Court where he was unlawfully impeached. Go ahead, Phil. Why isn't the governor today pounding his fist on the table saying, we would not be in this mess today. I want the Constitution back to a working Constitution, something that could work for the people of the state of Maine, something that could work for the courts here in Maine. Why isn't he pounding his fist on the, on the tables today? Because he doesn't know any better. That's right. And why isn't he contacting us and saying, hey, you know, I I had a chance the other day to read your brief and your reply brief. Could you tell me a little bit more about this? It sounds like the attorney general is supposed to work for me, but for some reason she's not anymore. How come? Please explain. Mm -hmm. But does he he pick up the phone? Does he send us a letter? Does he do anything? Send us an email or whatever? No. How come? That's well, somebody's stopping him, and somebody put 100 years of law and justice up on the board. And you know what? That's the problem. Yeah. And we should do, uh, you know, a program on on that. Yeah. 100 years. Oh, we sure should. All right. Next week. Uh, next week. Well, yeah. that's a little bit of pre- preparation there, but yeah, okay, let's do it. All righty. Yeah, that will be some fun. Well, that that's your problem right there. Yep. Yeah, okay. It. Okay, Folks, guys, have a good thank night. You for, thank you for joining us. Lise, thank you. Phil, thank you. Leon, also. And we will see you next week. Good, good night, night. Yeah, Good bye. night. Good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.